Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello everybody, it is the morning after, or should I say the day after football finally came home. The Lionesses brought the European Championship to England and I am over the mood. Peter, how have you been for the last, what, 12 hours? <laughs> well, I have to say it's... Um... It reminds me almost of the Olympics 10 years ago. Uh, I was living here, I was living in England at the time at that as well. And it was that sort of super Saturday where, you know, Great Britain won like four gold medals in about half an hour or something like that. And, you know, as an outsider to this country, you can't help but get swept up in it. You know, I was watching the game last night and uh, I was genuinely happy when they did it. I was happy for my for my, for my my daughter who, who took an interest and was WhatsApping all her friends about it after. You know, that's one of the first times she's ever taken an interest in football. So so for me, it feels like a landmark moment um, and something that I was very, very happy to witness. Um, you know, I wish Ireland were good, but they're, you know, they're a, little bit, they're a bit of a step behind at the moment. But, you know, my adopted nation of, of, uh, of England, uh, I couldn't be happier for them. What about you, though, Anita? What about you? Come on, talk to me. You, I feel like this is a victory not only for the Lionesses, but for you as well. I mean, you've been banging the drum for women's football for so long. Um, talk to me about last night. I don't Not about the match itself. Talk to me about, you know, the, the moments after. You're watching the celebrations. I'm guessing you're celebrating yourself then. What, tell me about what happened last night. Literally, firstly, Peter, Ireland's coming. They're cooking something up. <laughs> they are coming, okay? I, I can guarantee you that, all right? Someday Ireland will bring it home too. But anyway, um, yeah, man, I swear, I went to the match, right? I was at Wembley. You can probably tell by the fact that I've lost my voice. I went absolutely mental. And I didn't go mental at full time. I went nuts after the second goal. I did not see it coming. I was thinking, oh, my God, Germany have gone up another gear. How's England going to get out of this? What's going to be the next steps for Serena? Serena's done all her subs. What's happened? Then she takes off daily. And I'm thinking, why are you taking off daily? What is going on here? Not knowing she had her trick up her sleeve. And the second the final whistle went, you've already celebrated Chloe Kelly's goal. You kind of like settled down a little bit. Final whistle goes. Yes, we're screaming. I started crying in my own oh, little man. section. I came to absolute tears because you start thinking everything that you've worked towards, everything, the reasons why you're backing these women, all that you've done in the steps to backing these women is finally, there's finally a reward for it, you know, and it's just going to get even better and better and better. So for England to kind of bring it home, it was it's, it's not just history. It's just making so much of a change that we're going to see in the next coming years. Like you said, your daughter went on WhatsApp and, you know, she hasn't really taken an interest in football before. But now, who knows? You know, a lot of young women, a lot of young girls in secondary school, primary school, they're going to get the opportunities that I didn't get. Right. I used to tell my dad I want to be a footballer. Yeah. 
my dad will look at me like, are you all right? Are you crazy? It's not going to happen. You need now, to be I, like 10 years later, I think. You would have been fine. You could have made it. If literally 10 years later, I would have been it. Because now my dad looks at the lionesses and goes, look at them. Could have been you. I'm thinking, Dad, you told me to stay in school, actually. So, yeah. But now these young women, these young girls, they have the benefit of doing both. Hopefully schools see this and kind of incorporate football within the curriculum. And, you know, just there's such a positive light on it right now. And it, it brought me to tears, honestly, Peter. Um, you know, I, it sounds it sounds like you did amazing. I didn't know you were going to Wembley. Uh, for you to be there at a moment of, of such history, I mean, nobody has seen... I mean, there's very few people alive right now who have seen England win a senior trophy at Wembley. I mean, you have to go all the way back to 1966 for the last time when the men uh, won the World Cup. I mean, you're part of a very, very privileged few in having seen that and witnessed that. You know, I hope you took a moment to, to take it all in and think, I was there. Yeah, literally, after the trophy was lifted and they did their rounds around the pitch, me and my mate, we sat there and we sat there for like a good five, ten minutes just thinking, wow, look at the atmosphere. The stadium was the most packed I've ever seen it. At an England men's game or women's game, this is the most packed I've seen Wembley Stadium. I've been to FA Cup matches. I've been to Carabao Cup finals, you know. I've been to, I've been to the lot. But this this atmosphere was unrivaled so we sat there took it in for like a good five ten minutes and it still felt so surreal even going back in it, it just felt really surreal so yeah man uh peter i swear if i could do it all over again i would do it again and just wembley wembley is so far from me as well getting back home is the mission but it was so worth it so worth it and let me ask you something Right, so BBC put out the figures this morning. There was like 17 and a half million people watching on BBC One last night in this country, and another six million people requested it. They say that they requested it on the streaming service as well. I'm sure there's hundreds of thousands of people who watch it in pubs and clubs and everywhere else up and down the country. 90,000 odd in Wembley as well. Does this feel, I don't know, in your community? I mean, in my community here, it feels like everybody's looking interested in it, you know. There's, there's people talking about it for the first time ever talking about women's football. In your community, does it feel like it was a big one. Does it feel like everybody, you know, in the country was watching it? Because that's sort of the perception that I'm picking up from the people that I talk to. Yeah, literally. Right. So obviously I, I live in London. Right. And I have my nail lady. I have my nail stores and stuff. I went to go do my nails before the match. Right. I did my nails. And there's a pub right next to the to the nail salon. And I'm seeing floods of families going into the pubs, trying to find their seats, you know, and they've got the TVs outside. You know, once the TVs come up outside, you know it's going to be kind of a big occasion. And again, from that moment, I kind of thought, oh, my goodness, this is right next door to my house and everyone's coming together to watch the women's football. And my dad, bless him, he was texting me the whole time throughout the entire match. He was like, did you just see what happened? Look what yeah. the ref just did. And I'm like, dad, I'm like a minute ahead of you. I've seen it all happen. <laughs> like, chill out, stop texting me kind of vibe. But it was so nice to feel so nice to see everyone around me. The funniest thing is, right, people around me were congratulating me for having the opportunity to go. You know, that was yeah. that was yeah. insane. Telling me congratulations, you actually got to go witness history. I'm like, yep, 
Thank you. So, yeah, it's been a dramatic shift in my community. I won't lie to you, but it's been such a positive one. Here's one as well, right? So Serena, in her press conference last night, the manager, she said something like, we've changed society. Do you think, I mean, is that is that overstatement? Or do you think we're there now with women's football, with participation, all those kind of things, the positivity that's been celebrated? Can we say that this Lioness's victory has changed society? Change society is such a strong phrase. I'm still waiting, right? I'm waiting for the next few months to see where everyone, where everyone's heads at with the WSL. Are the WSL ladies going to get backed? Is England going to get backed going into the World Cup? How far is this going to go in society before I can say it's truly changed? Because Yes, yesterday was such a special day for England, such a special day for football, English football, English culture, English heritage, yes. But at the same time, the Euro, the World Cup in 2019, Euros in 2019, and it's just, we did so well back then and nothing changed as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I want to know, is this change going to be a consistent change? Are we going to grow from this? Are we going to learn from this? I don't know yet, but from what I've seen so far, it's so positive. A lot of people are coming together to watch the women's game. And, you know, yeah. I've got my my little cousins texting me, asking me to take them WSL games um, in when WSL starts up eventually um, in September. So, look, I don't want to jinx it and say that things are going to go extremely horrible after. Everyone's going to forget about it. But yesterday made a statement in society and hopefully that statement continues to encourage change and growth yeah it needs to be the start of a journey um i remember when i was when i was a, a teenager i remember buying world soccer i used to buy it all the time and there was one cover of world soccer and it was um it was brandy chastain after scoring in the world cup final in 1999 you know what her top off and she's there with her sports bra and it became one of the most uh, iconic football photos of all time but not only that it became the catalyst for U.S. women's national teams growth and over the course of the last two decades you know we've seen them dominate Olympic Games World Cups obviously the CONCACAF which they won earlier last month now in July as well and they've always had this pipeline you know the college system the collegiate system is really good over there professionals playing uh, all the top leagues Um, and I just thought yesterday when I saw Chloe Kelly you know sort of recreate that celebration I thought here we go this could be it now this could be it for English football for women's football in England I think we've had a brandy moment uh, like like the USA had in 1999 do you know what yeah yeah that was a moment and a half when um, Chloe took her top off I swear there were so many people in the crowd that actually they, they thought about it. They lifted up theirs and then they put it back down. And we all thought about it for a split second, but we had to kind of remember, okay, they've got this yeah. sports on. It's fine for them to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's their moment. Let them have their moment, you know? Well, they um, look out as well. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, her taking us up of and kind of like wielding it around and stuff. I've been wanting to see more celebrations like that for a long time. Of course, Sam Kerr did that celebration when Chelsea um, won the, I think they won the WSL on the day they won it and she got the winning goal and then she took her top of event. You know, like she was running around, reading it in her hand and stuff. Yeah. And we need more celebrations like that because they're staple celebrations. I don't want to go like so deep into what these celebrations mean, but it is, like you said, it's a staple moment 
it was a staple moment for the USA team and it's just, it could be a staple moment for the England team. Yeah. The pictures from her celebrating, right? Amazing. I want to see clearest day in the back of the shirt. It looks so good. Right. Right. Legit. I want to see these pictures plastered everywhere on any billboard that I find. I want to see them plastered there because, yeah, such a statement from Chloe. Um, it's not only, I mean, that goal itself was, it was probably more an iconic goal than it was a good, let's be honest. I mean, she stabs it home from like two yards. It wasn't the best goal I've ever seen, but it was very, very important. I would say you have to look elsewhere throughout the tournament for those proper, you know, sort of iconic moments, really. I'm thinking about Alessia Russo's back heel primarily. I think that to me was sort of the... You know, that was sort of the, the the real... I hate to call it a warm-up because obviously they've gone and won the tournament, so it, it is sort of mm. diminished in what it was. But, I mean, once you take that moment in its isolation and the 8-0 against Norway, like, we haven't really been short of these iconic moments that the, the Lionesses have given us over the last few weeks, have we? Yeah, no, there's, there's been some amazing goals. I do think the Lioness page, or maybe we should come out with, you know, what was the best goal that the Lionesses produced because they produced some absolute bangers Georgia Stanmay as well, she juiced an absolute banger as well earlier on in the tournament. What about Toons? What about Toons goal yesterday? That threw ball from Kira Walsh yesterday. yesterday. Oh, what she takes out like three lines of um she takes out three lines of defense with that one ball around the corner. Unbelievably good pass. Peter, when I tell you, Kira Walsh is the most underrated lioness. Honestly, she is so bright, so intelligent, such an intelligent, so gifted, so talented, and she needs to get more flowers, if you ask me. That pass was sublime. World-class World pass, because I I could see the run that was going that um tomb was gonna make. I could see it happening, but I'm thinking, surely she's gonna play it safe. Nope. No. She takes out three players, gets it to Toon, Toon hits, Toon does a little cheeky dink, and I'm thinking. This is a world-class goal. It needs to be spoken about a lot more. Yeah, Chloe Kelly got the winner, but trust me, Toon got the goal that just set me off. Yeah, it was a a wonderful goal. Wonderful goal. And uh, again, truly great moment. I want to ask you a question, right? This might be a bit controversial, right? So everybody knows, so we saw the girls last night in the press conference, they're singing, uh, it's coming home. And everybody this morning, I'm reading all the headlines everywhere. It's all about it's come home. Do you think if the men ever win a tournament, the press will be all of a sudden like, oh, no, 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 now it's come home. Do you think they're only saying it's come home because like they don't think the men are ever going to win anything and so they're just kind of using the women's one for it? Or does it feel like it's definitively come home now, that it's that important? <laughs> that is the hardest question for me to answer. I oh. Gosh, do you know? Because I have a feeling that when, when, the, if the men ever win one, they'd be like, "Oh, we won one!" You know, we finally won a tournament, and then everybody will yep. go, "Well, hang on a second here." I thought you, the women win the women the tournament was was when football came home. I can just see them almost diminishing the women's achievements if the men ever get there. If you get me, yes, I totally understand you, and that's where kind of we weed out what exactly the press meant by it's coming home. You know. Do they really believe it's come home or are we waiting for the men to bring it home? And that's where we'll find out. That's literally how we'll find out. But as it stands right now, England have brought it home. 
whether it's the men's or the women's, England has brought it home. The trophy is back in England. And yeah. that's all that matters to me at the moment. That's all that matters. In a couple of years' time, if the men decide that they want to, you know, bring home a trophy, I'm going to be just as happy as them. You know, I'm going to be just as happy as I was for the um, England ladies. But no happier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's already home. Yeah. It's home. See, that's why from from an what I want it to be like. uh, I know I'm not an England fan or anything, but what I what I would like it to be like is a bit like Wimbledon or the athletics, where when somebody wins something in a men's event or a women's event, like it doesn't matter. It always feels like you know, okay, she's a Grand Slam champion or she's won the gold medal, and like women and men in those sports are given proper equal billing. So I just hope that if an English team. Uh, wins the Women's Champions League or whether the England men's team wins uh, a senior men's tournament, that they they continue to give this equal billing that they've started to give the women's team right now. I hope that 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 could be a legacy in my mind. It's like, let's not diminish it in the years to come if the men ever get their act together and win something. You know, let, let's, let's call it a grand slam because it is one. And literally that's why, um, in reference to um, Serena's comments, I'm saying... I'm not sure society's, you know, changed yet. Let's give it a few months. Yeah. You know, let's yeah. see if Arsenal or Chelsea manage to get to a Champions League final and actually win it next year. Or well, the ladies anyway, and they actually yeah. win it next year. How are we going to tackle that? You know, what's the next steps for that? What's going to happen then? And that's what I want to see. I want to see what happens when the WSL teams get to these important stages and how the press tackles that. Because when Chelsea got to the Champions League final a couple of years ago, it was all, it was covered really well. Don't get me wrong. It was covered really well. But at the same time, they didn't manage to bring the Champions League home, but they still got that kind of scrutiny. Like you got, Mm -hmm. you got beaten 4-0 by Barcelona in a final type thing. They were like three down in like five minutes or something. I remember watching it. Yeah, but not knowing kind of the quality that Barcelona possesses, you know? Let's see how everyone's going to cover it. Let's see how people are going to react next season. And then I'll be able to say if there's a change or not. But yeah, it's. I think it's somebody like, I think it's somebody like Andy Murray here because when Andy Murray is, if he's asked a question about the greatest, you know, if if somebody asks him who's the greatest, Federer and Nadal, he always says something like, "Well, Serena's the greatest," because he always reminds people that it's a woman's game as well, not just a men's game. So maybe it might take one of the one of the men's players if they ever get asked, you know, can England finally win a trophy? I'd like to see somebody like Harry Kane or whoever it is go. We already won a trophy. They won it last summer. Wouldn't that be good? That would be great. And it's actually funny because where I was sitting, Harry Kane was sitting not too far away from me. And he was oh, having right. the time of his life. Yeah. Was he? Was he happy? He was, he was really happy. You could see Good. it all over him. He was really happy, really ecstatic. And he was literally like off his seat when Germany, when Germany equalised, right? It was so tense. You could see in everyone's faces like, okay, what are we going to do next? And once yeah. Chloe yeah. got that goal... It's not one of those celebrations where, like, you you see a footballer and they'll just, you know, clap lightly. No, he went for it, you know? And that's the kind of allyship we want. You, I saw Mason Mount as well in one of the boxes with Phil Foden. They went for it. They were really cheering it on. And that's the allyship we need, you know? The allyship yeah. coming to, to football and it's going to bridge the gap between men and women's football more than we think. Again, it's just how it goes into the next season for the WSL that yeah. will determine how it will be looked 
for the rest of, I don't want to say the rest of my life because that's a bit too dramatic, but for the rest of the years to come. Yeah, well, I know people are going to discuss this for a long time, which is like, how can England make sure that they capitalise on this? But we, do, we don't really know, do we? I mean, you're going to need girls to participate at school. You're going to need elite player pathways. I mean, everybody can talk about it. It's really hard to say how you can capitalise on this. Yeah, it's hard to say how you can capitalise on it, but at the same time, it's easy to capitalise on it. I'm not not being funny, right? But we're talking about schools, right? Yeah. Is it that hard to get girls into football? No. If I tell you a story of mine, right, my secondary school, very big on athletics, very big on netball, very big on rounders, football got zero attention. There was a football club that I joined when I was probably in like year seven, year eight. I joined a, a football club within my school. It took two to three weeks before it was just a nothingness. Like it fell away by the wayside kind of thing. Yeah. 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 But my PE lessons would be netball, rounders, depending on the season, right? Add football to one of those seasons. It is not that difficult at Mm -hmm. all. It's something that can be done. There's no difficulty around it. And it shouldn't have taken England to win the Euros for people to finally be considering that. I went to an all-girls school. So... Being one of the the only women at the time to want to watch football and play football, it was so difficult. But now it's so it's it's on such a wider scale now that there are more young women that want to play football. Give them what they want, add it into the curriculum. It is not that difficult. And then you 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 find it's not just about the elite players either, is it? It's about finding people who just enjoy having a game as well. I mean, yeah, we don't. You don't just want to produce, you know, world-class players and, and that's it and everybody else is cut out. You want to be able to produce people who just want to, you know, have a kickabout, you know, book a five-a-side pitch and get down with their friends, that kind of thing. You don't, It doesn't have to be about, you know, winning the Euros all over again. It's, I think it's about, like, establishing a football culture among women and girls in the country. Exactly. I know so many men who book out pitches and just go there for a five-a-side, you know, and just have fun and have their five-a-side competitions. Let's get more five-a-side competitions for the women going. Let's yeah. get more pitches for, for oh, five-a-side pitches for young women going, you know. Let's invest yeah. in them, invest in their future, invest in their livelihood. Like you said, it's not about going pro. It's about, at the end of the day, it's about having a community of friends. Exactly, yeah. The way you yeah. enjoy football as well. And I wish I had that growing up. I really it, wish I did. That's it. It's about health, fitness, enjoyment in whatever way, shape, or form you can get in football. If that can be one of those steps along the way, then for me, you know, it would be great to see. Anyway, I want to get on to the final thing I want to discuss. Final thing I want to discuss is the next step for England. It's a World Cup next year. Now, I don't mean like, you know, we're less than 24 hours on from England winning the Euros and I'm already talking about the World Cup. But hey, that's just the way things go. Now, they've had played eight games in qualification. They've won eight, scored 68 times and not conceded once. They've hit 10 goals three times. They've hit 20 goals once. You think they're ready? Oh. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. They're, they're European champions. Bring it on. They are ready. They're going to be representing as European champions. So why not? World Cup is next year. If they keep that momentum going, they've just won an elite prize. They're probably going to be hungry 
for the next big thing. And yes, there are going to be a lot of strong teams in that World Cup that they probably wouldn't have faced in the Euros, yeah? Yeah. But at the same time, we're on a, such a high trajectory that I see them taking it as far as possible going into the World Cup. I don't want to I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not going to talk about the World Cup right now. I'm going to bask in the moment of the Euros and I just know that when the time comes, they will have enough experience to take that World Cup by its neck and just go for it. And they're all a good age as well. Most of them will be there. You know, I know Ellen White and Jill Scott and people like that might not make it. Um, they might decide to retire after something like this. And we know Ellen was kind of maybe in trouble for her place in the starting lineup throughout this tournament at some stage. But the rest of them, they're at a really good age, aren't they? They should be able to keep this team together for the next few tournament cycles. Yep. And what Serena's built with this team is just a nice balance of of um, experienced players and non-experienced players and bringing them together and kind of creating that that kind of culture within the team. So if, for example, Jill Scott does retire or Ellen White does retire or decide that they don't want to go to the World Cup, the youngers, Alessia Russo, um, Ella Toon, they've learned yeah. so much from them in this tournament that they could probably take on that mantle going into the World Cup. I would love for Ellen White and, you know, Jill Scott to be there um, for the World Cup because, again, you can't buy experience. experience exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Something you need in that dressing room, right? But at the same time, still got Lucy Bonds there. I'm, I, I'm sure Lucy Bonds will be in that World Cup. I'm 100% sure. She was. She does not seem like she's aged a bit. So I'm no, sure no, no. Lucy Bonds will be in there as well. So there's still heaps and there's still um, a nice balance of experienced and inexperienced players. And right now, everyone pretty much is experienced, having gone to the Euros anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm really confident for these ladies. And... I'm really confident for the for the younger generation that's looking up to them right now, thinking, "Yeah, I can be in your shoes in a in a couple of years." So, yeah. Now I've looked around. Um, you know, I've I've seen a good bit of women's football over the course of this summer. Um, I watched some of the Afcon, uh, which uh, South Africa won after beating Morocco. Um, I saw a bit of the Concacaf, uh, which USA beat Canada. Um. I saw a little bits of Brazil here and there. They won the Copa yesterday. Um, they've got a strong team. So I'm talking about countries like Brazil, like USA, yeah. maybe South Africa might be outsiders. China, obviously, are Asian champions. Japan, South Korea always have really strong women's teams as well. But I'm looking around the landscape, but I'm, I'm looking around the WSL, Champions League, international football, and thinking that I don't see an awful lot of countries uh, who have a lot better than England have right now on a global scale. Um, so for me, there's no reason why, you know, the girls, the lionesses, I should call them, there's no reason why they shouldn't be looking at, you know, semifinals at least and then take it from there. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And maybe so a little bit of bias in me. I don't know. Might be. I don't know. But you said it. You're a neutral here. Like, yeah. I, I don't see a lot of teams better than the lionesses. And on paper... A lot of people would have thought France are better than the Lionesses, you know, France, especially with their team build as well. Um, yeah. They've got a lot of Champions League winners in their team and stuff. Exactly. Spain as well, with, with all the Spain. Barcelona girls. Exactly. Spain, um, Sweden as well. Sweden was tipped to actually go on and win the, the entire tournament. You know, yeah. like there were, there, there were so many challenges and tests 
that England kind of could have faced and did face during the Euros. And I'm thinking, now that we've gone through this, I think we can take on anyone. France is still kind of a, a worry for me, if yeah. anything. Yeah. Because they still have such a young, they, they're kind of like England. They have such a young side integrated with a lot of experience and their experience goes <laughs> quite a long way. They've got some yeah. hefty European experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, some hefty experience there in Spain. Um, Alexia Patellas will probably be back for the World Cup as well. Yeah, I think it could have been a different tournament for them had she been up and injured. But hey, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, you know. Literally. And also Germany, let's think about how well Germany, Germany took it to us for a whole 120 minutes without their top goal scorer, Alexandra Pop, you know? And, and, so- and they were saying, uh, the German coaches were speaking all through the tournament saying, we don't have to win this tournament for our development. This is, you know, we're, we're just trying to integrate players, try to yeah. move on into another generation. I don't think their expectations were sky high coming into this tournament. And yet they probably left, in my, in my opinion, in Oberdorf for probably the player of the tournament. And also, I think they've really established, re-established themselves again on sort of the European European stage. Exactly, Ex- exactly that. So there's there are so many teams that England can still, you know, maybe come a bit short to. But at this moment in time, they face so many challenges, and I see the I see this England team as being in the same position as Germany, in the same position as France, integrating yeah. the youth with the with the experienced players and still trying to find that balance. And England got there first in finding that balance. So taking that into the World Cup will be a, a massive, massive positive for England. So I have no doubt, I'm with you. Semi-finals, let me not jinx it again, no, but no. semi-finals, final, there's no reason why we shouldn't be looking towards yeah. that. We'll get to see uh, their world level, as it were, later on. I'm not sure when the date is, but they played Brazil in in the, the finalissima. Obviously, with the men's finalissima, which was between Italy and Argentina, a few it was a couple of months back. Messi runs riot at, at Wembley, but um, England will play a finalissima against Brazil. So that's the winners of Europe against the winners of South America. So we'll, I think we'll get a good idea um, of their level. We'll stay on the world stage once they play that one. Exactly. So yeah. look, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm really looking forward to that one. Brazil versus England. That should be that should be very spicy. <laughs> right. Uh, I think we'll leave it there, Anita. Um I mean it's been it's been great to to share you know the experience of this tournament with you. Somebody who's so passionate about about uh women's football, not only women's football in England, but women's football overall. You know, you've been a champion, a promoter of the women's game for so long. And I'm I'm happy for you that you got to experienced that yesterday so um well done to you um and well done to england that's that that's everything from my perspective do you want to you sign us off anita tell us what it means to you i feel like this victory means the world it's a victory for young women across england young women who've kind of been told yeah you can't play football at school you can't play football because the guys are playing football you can't play football because you're a woman you know you can't play football because of your gender and this win just kind of highlights what needs to change in society because we're clearly still one step behind having seen the woman win the euros and only just starting to take notice the fact that young women are out there who want to be like these heroes you know so yeah big up to the lionesses they are our heroes of this generation and they brought it home so big up to them and 
again, I, I don't know how to sign off on this on on a on a absolute high. So, Peter, if you can sign off on this, because I'm going to go to tears again. <laughs> right. Um... We'll see you at the World Cup. Australia, New Zealand next summer. Uh, and don't forget to, to watch a, a WSL game, a Champions League game. You know, let's maintain the growth in, the, in women's sport over the course of the next season. You know, get out there and uh, applaud those local champions because they'll be playing for a club close to you. A lot of them in London, Chelsea and Arsenal. A lot of them in the north with uh, Man United, Man City. You should be able to get down to a game and see them somewhere. So um, get down there and applaud them. Um, that's it from us. It came home. 